Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jumpman! Yeah. yeah. How's everybody doing out there? I hope you're, uh, hope you're feeling fine, feeling good. Eating pizza. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe cold, but not reheated. Yes. Yeah, you can't reheat pizza, man. Cold pizza is so good. It's like, for me, it's like uh, wings, or what you guys call buffalo wings. <laughs> um, wings are so good when you first get them, but they're also so good cold. But there's no need to reheat them, man. True. Eat it cold. No, reheated is like, I don't know, man. It's like sloppy seconds, but cold, it's like it's an entirely new dish full of new possibilities. Yeah, reheating is for pussies. Who <laughs> 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 well. reheats stuff? Reheating is dumb. It ain't ever going to taste like it did the night before, dude. So just accept, embrace this new taste. Yes. Well, un- unless you're eating um, stuffed crust pizza, and then it's just like, just throw it away. Yeah, that's the one pizza. Well, or just eat up to the crust and then toss it, because yeah. <laughs> stuffed crust pizza, when hot, is amazing. When cold, or five minutes after you get it, is gross. It's terrible. It's just like, who the fuck would put all this cold-ass cheese into here, man? But when you first eat it, it's awesome. Mm. I, I yeah. like stuffed crust pizza. Yes. So, so Eric, so this this week in movies and gaming. Oh yes. T- yeah, check it out. I just I finally saw last night Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh my god! This week? You mean like two years ago <laughs> in movies? <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's like I was like ah, you know, I just got back from like our local community uh, Halloween event, which okay. is pretty pretty great. Like, there's the, this family that has a bunch of kids, uh, and they. Uh, it must be multiple families because there's a ton of kids and uh two years ago last year we got rained out but two years ago we went and it's like it's like somebody's backyard in queens that they've just kind of, kind of like converted into this outdoor kind of like a uh, scare-tacular no one in queens has backyards what are you talking about i know i know but this <laughs> one place has like a backyard i mean it's like a shared backyard okay okay yeah like but, your uh, mom's backyard shared. Oh. <laughs> uh, so 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 last night we went. It was amazing. The kids had grown up by two years. They're still awkward. It, it's it, it's just amazing. Like the the kids have like one thing to say, and they're all dressed up in costume. They're all very young, and they're just like, "Come play with me." Stand there awkwardly, or like, "I want your organs." Okay. And then just kind of stand there in costume, waiting waiting for us to go to the next. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, adult having um, uh, part of it. So you go from like like okay this is the werewolf section all right this is the witch section this is like the awkward section you know it's very cool and then like the neighborhood kids go through like many 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 times uh-huh. uh so we were very inspired to go home and watch a Halloween movie yes but, uh, but I was uh, there, I mean there's so many options I went on to RottenTomatoes.com and I was looking up all these titles and I was thinking oh, shit man I mean do I want to watch something that I've seen before that I know is good but Maybe I should try something I haven't uh, ever tried before, you know? Maybe something totally new and possibly terrible. Okay. I couldn't come up with a good option, so instead I watched Captain America. <laughs> yes. Because I had never seen it, and I was, you know, I was, I was into it. Yeah, so, all right, well, tell me how you liked it. I mean, clearly I liked it. I mean, it was, I the first half kicked ass. It was great. Mm-hmm. Really liked the first half of the movie. Not a lot of action. But that was okay, because I was enjoying the characters, and, you know, like, America, fuck yeah. It is probably uh, the first and only comic book movie where the origin part was actually cool. Yeah. Usually the origin part is tedious, and you're just like, just get to the superhero part. But uh, they did it. They did do a pretty good job. No, I thought, it was, I thought it was great. Everything about this movie was awesome. I just feel like, you know, like, the second half of the movie lacked a little something. You know, there's a lot of montages, uh, like, action montages uh, towards the end, and I was feeling like, you know... Maybe we could have spent that time like building up Bucky as a character before we killed him off. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or you know, did we? Dun dun dun. We we didn't. We well, didn't. I mean, the, I mean, Cap- I mean, like, Captain America Two is called the Winter Soldier. So I know, I know. He fell into <laughs> a river, a winter river. Yeah. But but dude, and then the end. Uh, spoiler alert. In the end, the Red Skull doesn't die either. Everybody's like, "Oh, he's dead." But I was like, "Dude, did you not see him just teleport into some galaxy?" That's just what happened. It's true, but he's basically dead because the actor that plays him, Hugo Weaving, is like, I ain't doing that again. Yeah. He he took a big dump on all of his big uh, successful movies this week. Oh, that's too bad. He really? was like, he's like Red Skull, eh? Megatron and Transformers, eh? He's like, 
He's like, Red Skull, he's like, you know, it was interesting to do it, but, you know, it wasn't challenged and blah, blah, blah. And Megatron, that voice was just meaningless. <laughs> you see, he used the word meaningless like twice. He's like, I did no research. I didn't know anything about backstory. I just went into a recording studio for two hours and it was meaningless. Wow. Well, uh, welcome to the world of every other actor on the planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, so you were challenged, but it's still a paycheck, man. I mean, so many people would kill to be that, to be Megatron. I actually sided with Michael Bay on this one. Michael Bay came back right away, and it was like, yes, you were in a recording studio for one hour and 43 minutes, and you made $200,000. Shut the fuck up. Wow. And I was like, yeah, Michael Bay, I totally agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, you know. I mean, Michael Bay, well, he's the master at his at his craft, which is making, like, commercially viable explosion movies. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, if if you can't, if you can't stand in your truth, Eric, mm-hmm. then then you might as well just shut up. Yeah, Michael Bay was like, oh, he's like, boo-hoo, is anyone else out there besides me sick of all these actors that make a shit ton of money and then complain about, you know, their roles? He's like, don't take them or donate that money. <laughs> yeah, man, Shia, Shia LaBeouf did it. I mean, like, how many, like, maybe the rest of the cast of Transformers, I mean, Megan Fox. I'm sure that Peter Cullen has nothing bad to say. (laughs) (laughs) Optimus Prime is like, roll on to number four. (laughs) Yeah, he's probably like, uh, like, like at the end of the session, he's probably like, uh, do you want me to do anything else? Is there anything else? Uh, shout outs? Anything? Keep this shit going and don't (laughs) kill my character. (laughs) Oh, man. No, but I, I thought it was great. And then at the end, I was like, oh, shit, this entire movie was kind of a Captain America movie, but it was mostly just an Avengers prequel. Well, I mean, they all were. All, all of that. I mean, that, that's how Marvel built it. Um, they built all, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. They're all leading up to Avengers. And it's interesting because Justice League, which was just announced, DC is going to do the opposite. DC is going to do Justice League, the movie. They finally nailed it down to 2015. Mm-hmm. They're going to do the movie with all the guys together, and then they're going to split up. And their phase two is going to be solo movies here and there. Right, right. Which will last uh, one movie, each character. <laughs> maybe, 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 no, uh, here it is, here it is. They'll do new Batman, because Batman sells. They'll do, the, they'll do a new Superman that's totally different than the Superman that's coming out. And that will also tank. And then they'll be like, Wonder Woman, uh, sorry. And they won't do it. Well, they're really keen on Flash and a possible Green Lantern reboot. Yeah, but I feel like your your Hulk theory is is the same as my Flash theory, which is the Flash doesn't get his own movie. Oh, uh, I mean, I agree. I'm so happy they're starting with Justice League because that's what we want. They said Batman is going to be rebooted in Justice League. So that's sure. going to be his reboot, which is perfect because then you don't have to waste too much time. Then you can go into new Batman movies. And Superman, now that DC won the Superman lawsuit, Superman will probably be the same character. So when they do another movie afterwards, I don't think it'll be a different one. I think it'll be continuing this new man of steel brand wait what's the lawsuit oh you know the relatives of the original creators were um they settled back in the 90s and now they're like now we you know we're getting shafted we need more and and they uh they said oh you had a bill of sale right here in 1992 (laughs) so that's all you get in dco and superman too bad but i mean the same thing happened with uh, winnie the pooh and disney and Mm -hmm. a.a milne i think was the author's name they like disney had done so much with the character mm-hmm. that basically they just took him to court and were like, look, we uh, we own this character, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you're just going to give him to us for X amount of dollars. And then the lawyers kind of hashed it out. But the, uh, yeah, the, the grandchildren of Winnie the Pooh's original author was just like, well, there's nothing we can do because Disney is a powerhouse and they've done so much with the character that they basically own it. And now they own it. Now they own the entire property. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. You know, if my grandfather uh, invented Sherlock Holmes or something, I'd be like, give me some money. I was like, how am I poor? (laughs) Sherlock Holmes, man, making those new movies and new TV shows. I was like, come on, how can I get some of that sweet, sweet stacks of cash? Yeah. So I don't blame him, but. Well, it's like like the guy who wrote the original Windows operating system, like Mm -hmm. uh, Bill Gates. uh, Bill Gates just paid, paid some programmer up in Seattle, like 50 grand. You know, to basically take his operating system and use it as his own, you know, that turned into, like, the original Windows with some tweaks. I mean, let, let's face it. We could do four more hours about how the person that creates something is it's usually the, the, the guy that comes second is the one that makes the money. 
That's right. Yeah, you know? just like Jello, actually. Yeah, or like you know, everyone everyone talks about Philo Farnsworth in the television, but you know, right? There was right. another guy, but or the, that, or the guy who created GI Joe and sold it for a hundred grand, and then yeah, the shit guy his wait, pants now. The guy, the guy who the guy who invented Victoria's Secret when everybody told him he was an idiot, and then wound up selling the entire brand for like fifty grand. I don't know if he committed suicide after that, but mm. it's currently worth a shit ton of money. No, it's the marketers. And the uh, and the salesman that that turned something into like what it could be. Oh yeah, I mean like eventually this show is gonna get big. I'm gonna sell it for two hundred bucks, and then <laughs> <laughs> that it's gonna be you know the Nickelodeon's gonna snatch it up. <laughs> no, it won't somebody will so, now it won't be two hundred bucks. Somebody will be like, look, Eric, we can go to Wendy's right now, and I will pay for not not a large frosty, but a small one. If you give me the rights. Okay, you're driving though. I'm not driving. I want to have my head out the window on the passenger side. Yeah. Deal. You know, <laughs> you know unlike unlike Mr. Hugo Red Skull uh, Rivendell Weaving. Yeah. I will not badmouth any project I've been in, even if it was like terrible and I had a terrible time and it was physically exhausting. And afterwards, everybody was like, "What a hunk of shit that was." I mean, I t- I just take it as like it's a good story. Yeah, you know? and um, you know, there's like a famous quote going around, and it's like, "Never regret anything because at one time that's exactly what you wanted." I mean, kind <laughs> of, unless unless you're like a victim of a crime. Well, I mean, well, that's not something you did. That's something that happened to you. There's a difference. We're talking about mm. choices, choices you made. I mean, yes, if you make a choice and it results in catastrophe, this and you can regret it. But you know, they're saying generally speaking, you know, you can't look back on your past and mean like uh, poo poo on that because it's like, well, you know, at one point that's what you did want and you did it. So shut up. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh God, what's the what's what? Uh, ah, screw it. It can really it can really be applied to the movie I saw yesterday. Oh, tell me all about it. It was taken too. Oh, you were taken again. Yes, and basically that quote can be used, you know, because he was like, you know, don't regret all the Albanian sex slave guys you killed because, you know, <laughs> it was good purpose. Taken two was a quality action movie entertaining from start to end. Its biggest problem was being called Taken Two. Oh, really? If this hadn't been part of the Taken franchise, I would have enjoyed it more. So, feel okay. free to go see this movie. Feel free to go enjoy this movie. It's nowhere near as good as the first one, but we all knew that going in. The Taken, the first one, was, you know, a lightning strike. Yeah. It was a double rainbow. And you just can't reproduce those things. But they did try. And it was still enjoyable. But, uh, yeah, not nearly as good. So, so you're saying there aren't any like internet memes coming flying out of Taken Two? Well, let me like like I said, I'm not gonna poop on the movie. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna t- you know, in case they make Taken Three, let me just give a couple suggestions <laughs> to whoever's gonna direct that. Okay. Uh huh. Now, some of the reasons why I like Taken One so much was because the feeling of the helplessness of the dad, like his daughter gets taken over the phone in a different country, mm. a different continent. And he doesn't know who the bad guys are. All he heard was someone go, good luck. And he has to find them. It takes like three days, and he's all over the place. And you never even see the daughter until right at the end of the movie. Wow. It really builds up, you know, the suspense and stuff. That you, 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 know, you don't even know who these bad guys are and stuff. Taken 2, uh, they introduce the leader of the bad guys in the beginning. They, they give a face to the bad guys. And unfortunately, the actor who's the bad guy leader, he looks exactly like the guy from the Dos Equis beers commercials. Oh, no. I don't always take people, but when I do, (laughs) I prefer (laughs) Liam Neeson's daughter. Oh, my God. That's Dos Equis. I mean, like I said in the movie theater to our brother Jared, who was watching with us, like, oh, Dos Equis. (laughs) And I said a little too loud, and other people were like, ugh. Oh no! Which I saw anyone that heard me, I ruined the movie for them because Doka- you can't oh, take sure. Dosaki's guys seriously. I mean, he well, is the most interesting man in the world, and yes. part of his most interesting things is you know he kidnaps children. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I mean that's kind of interesting. That makes for an interesting story. Yeah, like that, <laughs> it wasn't in his latest commercial, you know. I mean, it seems it seems like like the next time I see one of those commercials, and I don't watch commercials at all. Mm-hmm. The next time I see that guy, I'm just think going to think sex slaves. Yeah, so. So they give a face to the bad guys, and then they start off with the bad guys are burying all their family members that Liam Neeson killed in the first one. 
Oh. Like, the Dosakis, his son was the number one. His son was Good Luck from the first movie. Oh. I don't even know the guy's <laughs> name. We'll just call him Good Luck. Good luck. So uh, that his son was good luck, and uh, you know all the other ones they've got family members that were killed by Liam Neeson. So they have this mm-hmm. big dramatic scene where they're they're putting them in the ground and they're they're swearing to uh, to bring Liam Neeson right here and make his blood go into this ground right here. And it's like, dude, all your family members sold sex slaves. Yeah, they killed or ruined the lives of countless innocent girls. Now I'm I know you're upset that your family member is dead. But let's just say this was part of the business. It could have happened. You know, it's like, how dare our sex slave selling husbands get killed (laughs) by a man seeking his daughter? You know, it's just kind of like, well, you know, we're even. This was just, you you knew this might happen. Well, I guess guess they're just dicks who deserve to die. Yeah, well, they do. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so that, that's, that's the problem number one. You know, I I don't need to see the face. I like before that you felt like Liam Neeson. Your daughter's taken. You don't even know who they are, what they look like, anything. That was great. And then the second part was not seeing the daughter until the very end. It was like this unattainable thing. And you just kept hoping this lead would, uh, would turn into this lead, which turned into this one. This one, him and, and I'm not really spoiling a lot because him and his wife in the preview get taken. And he calls his daughter on the phone in the preview and says, we're getting taken, uh, but they're probably coming for you too, so run. Um, uh, and and so, and the whole movie, like, you know, him and his wife do get taken, and then so mm-hmm. he's got to, like, save himself and save them, and and uh, they're, all, they're in the movie constantly. He sees them, you know, here and there, and, and the bad guys, you know them, and uh, it just takes away from the mystery and the intrigue and... Um, you know, the last one, he has to go all these different places and stuff. And, and this one happens over six hours in one city. Ah. I, th- I thought you were going to say, like, in an abandoned warehouse in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, like Blair Witch Project 2. No, so, I mean, like, he keeps backtracking to the same places and stuff. And, you know, it, it was seriously, it, like, they meet for lunch. And this happens before the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. So it really happens over, like, six hours. And so... um you know, it's it's a lot of action. I mean, as soon as people start getting taken, you know, it's blood and violence <laughs> up until the end, which is nice. But like I said, it just it took away all the mystery, it took away the intrigue. You know, the bad guys are all pissed, but at the same time, you're like, we don't really have the right to be pissed. And, you know, I'd rather not see them. And like I said, every time, it's like, it's, it's almost, at one point, it was like the first Indiana Jones movie where Marion gets kidnapped in one of those baskets. And he's chasing her, and, like, every time he goes around the corner, you see the basket just going around the the next corner. Oh, no. He's like, do-do-do-do, Indy! You know? (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, these Albanians are, like, dragging his wife around this little town. And it's it's just like that town because it's full of, you know, like, Europeans that don't talk English and stuff. And Sure. And so, like, he's like, do-do-do-do. And, like, she, she's like, ugh. And he can actually hear her making groaning noises, like, down a stairwell and stuff. And then he runs oh, down geez. the stairwell and he looks. And they're just dragging her ass around the corner. And then he gets to the corner and they're dragging <laughs> her ass into a car. And it's just like, it's like, come on, man. It's like. That's that's car, that's cartoony, man. That's, that's what reminds me of, like, Droopy Dog or something. Yeah. It's like, I'm chasing, I'm going to chase you onto a plane, onto a taxi, onto a boat to get away. Yeah. So it's like the whole time he's just, like, right, you know, he's right there. He's one step behind. So. So, you know, I feel like a lot of the things that were awesome in the first one, you know, they were unable to duplicate successfully in this one. If it was not called Taken, if it was just a movie, you know, that's cool. But, I mean, first of all, you just had massive expectations. Sorry. Sure. If someone watched Taken 2 first, you know, they would have no problem with this movie. Be like, oh, this is exciting. Wow, wow, wow. But, and I really tried to forget Taken 1 in it. But, um, so, definitely worth as a video rental. Mm-hmm. And it's been out for two weeks, so let's face it, everyone's already seen it that was going to see it. Right. Um, so, you know, not not nearly as disappointing as The Hangover Part 2 was, which just recycled the same movie. You know, this one tried to spin it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, fan, fan fiction-wise, I would have... All right, this is the fan fiction that I would have written, Eric. Mm-hmm. I would have, like, uh, pre- uh, or a sequel to, to Taken, I would have done the prequel called... A particular set of skills. Yeah, that's which right. Is, which is how Liam Neeson, you know, as a young CIA whatever, uh, super agent guy, like, obtains this particular set of skills. And then towards the end, you know, he's, like, whooping ass on Albanians, you know, of course, or setting up, like, the, the first movie. And he's like, aha, uh-huh, 
I have acquired a particular set of skills. Yeah, yeah, seriously, that would be an or like if you don't want to use a young actress, you just want to use Liam Neeson without tons of Robin Williams aging makeup. Um, mm-hmm. Just do it the last mission he ever did. You know, before right. like it was so intense, and he finally quit to try and like stalk his daughter and his ex-wife back at home. I mean, I would have loved to see Taken Two end with Liam Neeson finally gets home, and then his daughter gets sucked out a window by a tractor beam, and he reaches his head out the window, and he goes, "Ugh, aliens!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taken oh, yeah. Three in space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that was another thing too. Like Liam Neeson works alone. I mean, he works best alone. Mm. In the first movie, it's just him. No one's weighing him down. He's doing his thing. In the second one, he's always got his daughter or his wife with him or very close. And, it, you know, it, it limits him. Mm. You know, he can't be as, I don't know, like, I wish they weren't in the movie. I wish they got, you know, taken and then he rescues <laughs> them at the end. Or, or maybe he rescues them, like, um, all right, massive spoiler alert. Uh-oh. Massive spoiler alert. Massive spoiler alert. Come back in 30 seconds. Sure. Um, he rescues the daughter halfway through the movie. Uh-huh. And I just turned to Jared. I was like, okay, we're good. It's over. Yeah, yeah. Wait. The, uh, and he's like, the ex-wife is still kidnapped. I'm like, so? <laughs> like, who cares? You've saved the daughter. The, the ex-wife is out. Is Like, that's what it felt like to me. It's like you saved the daughter halfway through the movie. And then the second half, he had to now, he's like, no, I, I dished the ex-wife in the in the basement. Now I'm going to go back and get her. No, no. I wish he had just rescued them halfway through. And then the second half said, you know what? This is never going to end until I kill all of them. And then goes on the offensive mm. for the second half of the movie and just says, you know what? This ain't happening a third time. Now I'm going to go wipe all you guys out because I see where this is going in the future. So that's what I wish he'd done. I wish he just saved them halfway through and then just went out on the offense and just wiped them out for the second half. And if he had just done that without having to rescue someone for the second half of the movie, I think that would have been the clincher and it would have been just as good as the first wow. one. Well, I think I think uh, I think really, if there's a Taken three, if Taken becomes a franchise, it's going to inhibit my use of the word Taken because now every time I think of that word, I think of the movies. I oh, think definitely. Like Liam Neeson, particularly a set of skills, sex slaves, Albanians, action. Yeah. Now it's like you can't use that word anymore without like conjuring up like, you know, uh, like this phrases. And like, what's crazy is like every single new movie coming out. Uh, it feels like it's like a single word title, you know, <laughs> taken, stolen. It's like they're just taking like one word. Uh, I mean, like Denzel Washington. I just saw a movie called Flight. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. It's like, can't they be more creative with these uh, with these things? Or do they just feel like the American audiences are so stupid that they can only like process one word? Like, yo, you want to go see um, like flight of the passenger uh, 47 something like that uh, you know it said no they're like no they just want to say yo man you want to go see flight yeah you know it's more, like, it's more like, dramatic that way <laughs> i mean come on we can process it man it's like don't ruin like these words by like tying like your motion picture to it you know use use like an actual interesting movie title like snow white and the huntsman perfect it mm. wasn't just like white you know yeah, it was like true. all right all right all right that tells me right away the dynamic of the movie there's a snow white movie and there's also this kick-ass killer huntsman guy right no i agree you know what taken three should be What's is that? now that he's retired he should be a bus driver <laughs> and he should go to the back of the bus and just put his lean down closely and whisper to the bus seat and he said they're coming for you you're going to be taken <laughs> <laughs> you know then and, and and like instead of just taking three this one will be called this seat's taken oh no <laughs> wait, wait wait i want him i want him to be like sitting like the trailer for taken three is he's sitting at like an albanian cafe right mm-hmm. and he's eating this beautiful looking sandwich and he's like oh munching on the sandwich oh the sandwich is amazing puts it down and then he gets a phone call and he looks up and then when he looks down he's like fuck my sandwich has been taken. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Albanian bus boys. Yes. I'm telling you, these are good spinoffs, you know? I could totally see that on the bus. He's, like, talking on the bus seat, like, they're, go- they're going to sit on you. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't worry. In 20 minutes, they will leave. That's right. <laughs> or can you imagine if Liam Neeson was trying? Oh, if Liam Neeson gets on the bus and he goes and there's like a two seater and one guy's in one, he goes to sit there and the guy's like, "This seat's taken." And he's like, "What the fuck did you just say?" <laughs> <laughs> just like kills the guy. That's right. Not anymore, bitch. Yeah, I, I've acquired a particular set yeah. of sitting skills. No one takes from me. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I knew it wasn't gonna be as good as Taken One because you know that okay. I was lightning in a bottle, but right. it is still enjoyable, you know. And I feel like now that if you go in, you know, knowing to damper it down a little bit, it'll be good. There, there was one hilarious joke in the beginning where they're they're not taken, they're just living a normal life, and Liam Neeson, uh, just um, the his daughter finds out that he he tracked her down to her boyfriend's house because he put a GPS in her phone. Yeah, she's like, Dad, I can't believe you know used the GPS to find me, and he's like. He's like, well, he's like, he's like, you know, I'm sorry, but he's like, you know, y- you you know those terrible stories they tell that sometimes happen to kids your age, <laughs> like it's so like a total sarcasm burn saying, hey, remember when you got kidnapped, bitch, and almost sold into pound your ass sex uh, slave school? <laughs> like obviously, I, I mean, I kind of killed that joke there, but he was basically he was like, well, so, you know, it's like you know, you know, you know those stories out there about some things that happen to kids your age, right? And, and it's like bird. She's like, I get it, Dad. Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> I mean, it was like the funniest way to reference the first movie I think ever. Wow. So they just basically summed up <clears throat> the whole first movie and like this sarcastic little bit about like GPS and a phone. Yeah. It's like every time. She accused him of being overprotective. He's like, I saved your ass. Remember that from the Sheik and the Albanians? <laughs> and your best friend got killed. She was chained to a bed, dead. Damn. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah. He's, like, I, he's got the ultimate dad card every time. Yeah, what the fuck? I mean, why would you even complain about that? Be like, wow, hey, dad, can you put GPS in, like, more of my stuff, please? Yeah. Can you put it in my panties? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put it everywhere. It's like, for, like, drill a hole into my side and stuff it into my body. Now, what so, I would have liked to see at the end of this movie was that they all get around together and they're cooking s'mores in a campfire, and then they take their passports <laughs> and throw them into the fire. Wow. We are never, ever, ever going back overseas. <laughs> We're fucking staying in America. All right? Yeah. Bad things happen when you go overseas for this family. I just want to see them all throw their passports into the fire, and then do like a close-up and watch as their faces like melt into the fire, and then the credits come. It's like wow. fuck other countries. I'm <laughs> never going over there again. Well, what about? Well, I mean, well, you know, I was just reading uh, the top that the the four quill um, list that somebody put together that was posted on a Facebook page. Uh, somebody made the point of just like Jaws for the revenge. All right, if there's a shark that wants to kill you and your family. Why the fuck would you live next to the ocean? Exactly. You move to Wisconsin. Yeah, move next to a lake. I mean, that was always the joke. They 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 went all the way down the Bahamas, connected to the same ocean. Ugh. But anyway. yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I, I thought that was fun. I love Grantland.com. And so when they did that, I was like, oh, you know, we, we did this oh, a month ago. <laughs> yeah. And they, actually, they didn't refer, reference many like crappy movies, only the crappy ones that were so bad that they were good. Like I was waiting for Alien Resurrection and it didn't mm. happen. So cool. Oh, well, oh wait, no, no, I think it did. Yeah, there were, Alien Resurrection was in there. All right. So anyway, so Eric, check this out. I finally uh, started reading a 10-year-old comic that I think you would really enjoy. Interesting. Are you going to only give me the first half of it like you did the last one and then Maybe. leave me hanging? Possibly. <laughs> I mean, no, no, Pi- no. Pirate Bay's on the cloud now, Chad. Give me the rest of those comics. Dude, I know, I know. <laughs> I got to find the rest of Irredeemable. It's fucking awesome. But actually, no, I was, I was guilted into, into like, actually, no, not guilted. I was inspired, Eric. Okay. I was inspired walking around New York Comic Con. You bought that huge compilation of, like, old Justice League. Yeah. Uh, JLA uh, comics. For like eight dollars, it's yeah. insane. And uh, and I was like, man, I gotta get really into comics. So I go, I went back to my local comic book store, uh, the Sunday of Comic Con, just as it was ending. And I'm trying to flip through comics, and man, the comic book guys—they're just like cussing up a storm, man. They just do not give a shit. And the guy is just like, he's just like, oh fucking Comic Con, it's not about the comics anymore, man. It's about those fucking video games, the kids. The video games. That's what it's all about now. It's all corporate. The video games. That's where the lines are, man. It's not about the comics. Ugh. These 40-year-old dudes just, like, bitching up a storm. They're also bitching out their employees that kind of suck ass. But there's also, like, co- all this Comic-Con hatred. And I didn't, I you know, I didn't uh, have the gall to be like, I mean, I... I went to Comic Con. I thought it was cool, and that's why I'm in your fucking store buying a comic. Sir. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like that. It relaunched my love of comics. Like just seeing them all there. Like I went on and looked to see how much a digital subscription to Marvel was. By the mm-hmm. way, it's it's like they're doing a deal right now. It's like forty four bucks for like a full year subscription of all their digital comics. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's like you know their whole pitch is like ten thousand comics. Wow. 
So. That's cool. I, I like that. That's, I mean, uh, if if I could get like uh, if I could get mail sent to me that wasn't destroyed when it got to me, I mm-hmm. think I would spring for like like a physical subscription. Yeah. I do enjoy holding comics. I do want all new X Men. That's coming out in November. I really mm-hmm. do want it. Yeah, I have this tiny New York City mailbox that's kind of like um, it's like a quarter of the size of a regular mailbox, mm-hmm. and uh, the carriers always like take everything that they possibly could fit in there, scrunch it, roll it into like a tightly like 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 a like a telescope, slam it into there, and like just manage to close everything. Yeah. And it's just terrible. And I was like, this is the reason why we can't have Netflix DVDs, because they snap them. Oh. And uh, and when I try to complain, they're like, well, do you want mail delivered to your house? Oh, maybe we'll just never deliver it to your address again. How about that? Like, oh, yeah? Well, the whole postal system is going to go bankrupt in two years, and then Amazon will deliver my mail, so fuck you. I know. And Amazon has, like, these physical, has, like, these kiosks where you you can, like, for free shipping, you can, like, have them sent to, like, places that are close to you, mm-hmm. which is weird. I haven't done it yet because there's one at, like, a gas station, like, down the road. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I was talking to my wife about it, and she was just like, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. It's like an automated package pickup system. Mm. But maybe that's the future. You know, maybe you just, like, go down to your Amazon warehouse. Maybe, like, <laughs> digital distribution becomes, like, physical distribution. Like, yet again, you just, like, go to a physical location and pick up your merchandise. I think that would be really funny if we go back to to uh, brick and mortar big box stores. Mm. Anyway, so so this comic, so I was looking around and I recognized the title. I actually recognized uh, the 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 name uh, Bendis because he was involved in uh, New Ultimate Spider-Man. Really highly respected name. Everybody wants to uh, pull him onto their new comics <laughs> that are launching for like a couple episodes. Uh, so I was like, oh cool, Bendis. What's this? And the comic's name is Powers. The whole concept, Eric, is that uh, in a world full of superheroes, uh, there's a division. There's like a like like a homicide division uh, of like this local police department that just deals with superhero crime. Oh, okay. This uh, I I feel like I've heard of this. Yeah, I, when I when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, I think I have heard of this. It came out in like uh, around like 2000, mm-hmm. 2001, and uh, I picked up volume three because you know I, I hate just picking up single issues. They they don't last as long, so. They didn't have volume one. And it was like, volume two is so small. Volume three was pretty hefty, so I picked it up. And, oh, my God, dude, it's so good. Mm. You know, it's it's about, like, this uh, this cop who may or may not uh, have been a superhero in his previous life and this, and his wisecracking uh, female partner uh, investigating various superhero-related crimes, whether it's, like, supervillains, like, wasting, like, melting cops and, like, going on crime sprees or just, like, uh, good guy superheroes that have been mysteriously murdered. It was really cool. There's like a lot of like uh, like murder mystery cop intrigue story mixed with like super powered awesomeness and a lot of like the the questions you would have about like um, superhero anatomy, let's say, mm-hmm. and uh, and various other like taboo subjects. They totally go out and like tackle everything. Wow, you know, you should Google this because I'm. They've been. I'm pretty sure they've been trying to take this to television for the last couple of years. They should. Oh, what a great show that would be. Yeah, Google I mean, it. I, I'm pretty sure that's where I've heard about this is that they've been trying to like make pilots and shit and get this picked up. So I mean that that could actually be close to uh, uh, legitimately coming on television. I know I've heard this before. Wow. Well, unlike unlike Arrow, I would make time to watch this. <laughs> oh, it's funny that you bring that up. I've watched the first two episodes of Arrow. All right, so on the WB me... or CW, which is you know about <laughs> Green Arrow. Yes, and, and it's like it's it's a reboot. All I've seen is these posters of this half naked dude with like a bunch of welts on him and like a like a like a bow and arrow. All right, yes, I have seen it now. I've seen the first two. And now, okay. you know, the whole Oliver McQueen, you know, Queen or whatever, he gets a ba- he's washed up on an island for five years. Everyone thinks he's dead. Mm-hmm. He learns how to use the bow and arrow. I mean, this is Green. A green arrow scripture anyways learns how to use a bow and arrow and survive comes back a changed man and even though he's rich he decides to be like robin hood and help the poor Hmm. so this all happens and so i've liked it so far two episodes in i've liked it i mean yeah there's a lot of really good looking people and uh (laughs) it's basically batman with the bow and arrow okay you know he's rich and he has to pretend to still be a party boy callous person 
but he then you know and hurts the people that are close to him while he's actually becoming the vigilante at night and going after all the bad guys and uh it's not bad one cool thing is a lot of people get arrowed well they better in well the show with the guy with the bow and arrow no but i mean you know batman doesn't kill yeah green arrow don't give a fuck Oh, that's nice. So Green Arrow actually kills people with his bow and arrow. Some people live. You know, he shoots a lot of people with arrows. They don't all die, but some do. Mm. And he and he and uh, you know goes he goes after crooks to try and right the wrongs. But then at the same time, his public image he kind of you know keeps it up like Bruce Wayne did. So mm. he's taking a hit like that. But um, no, it's been a lot of action, a lot of arrows, and they keep putting in flashbacks to his time on the island. So you kind of learn how he transformed from this party boy dick into like who he is now. And um, <laughs> like they showed, uh, it looks like um, Deadshot's going to be on this mm-hmm. and they're slowly incorporating some comic book characters and stuff. So, I mean, there's a little bit of dumb drama, you know, cause it is on the CW, but so far it has definitely kept my interest. So, okay. It's not bad. All right. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, all I've seen are like these posters for like the last month mm-hmm. of like half naked man with this like, like, brain dead expression on his face just like ah arrow which exactly that's exactly how they launched smallville oh uh, yeah, yeah. A, 11 years ago they showed him tied up in a cornfield with an s spray painted on his chest while you know topless right and so. that i was like whoa that's kind of co- i mean that, that that i feel was like a striking image at the time i was like oh shit they crucified superman as a kid <laughs> that's cool yeah so yeah, it's I mean, you know, there's oh, and one I I did think this was interesting. He has a sister who's like uh 17. Yes. And her nickname is Speedy. What? You know, Green Green Arrow oh, sidekick no. was Speedy. His sister is Speedy and she has a drug habit. Just like that? just like Speedy in the comics. So I liked that. That was more I I liked that that, you know, cuz Speedy is a ridiculously stupid sidekick <laughs> name for Green Arrow, but yes. it works as his sister. So, do you think his sister, do you you think season two, Speedy's going to take up the bow and arrow? Oh, no, definitely not. She's just, I just like that they, that they, I just like the way they use that. So, he's not going to have a sidekick named Speedy in this TV show. Oh, so. But it's his sister and she has a drug. I like how they kind of took the character and they, and they gave it a much better use. So, it's just, so, so it's just like a nod, really. Yes. But this, uh, this girl that he really likes and she's like a. Uh, a lawyer maybe a district attorney or something like that um she is actually black canary's um alias oh okay but i but i don't think she has black canary powers but she's the alias and it makes sense and there's romantic tension there which makes sense because you know they get married in the comics so you know they're they're trying to ground this show in realism sure so well i mean well what what happens then when they're like okay we need superheroes now in this show or will that ever happen? I don't know. I definitely, like, like even the bad guys they promised, you know, like Deadshot and stuff, you know, he doesn't have superpowers, except for mm-hmm. the fact that he doesn't miss <laughs> when he shoots at you. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think they're going to have, you know, tights well, ma- and flying and stuff like well, that. Ma- well, maybe it'll be, like, less like Smallville, where they're like, Native American girl turns into a wolf to sabotage eco-terrorism and stuff like that um mm-hmm. maybe it'll be more like you know they'll incorporate like little bits and pieces like you know uh or or like like the batman uh nolan franchise like all right joker doesn't have superpowers let's say but he does like super things yeah it's so far it's not bad you know it's a little bit of the cw drama mm-hmm. but um i watched two episodes the first two episodes and uh you know i'm definitely gonna watch a couple more all right so. well let me know let me know how it goes yeah but uh, you know, I was reading uh, Superman number one, the uh, the the new Fifty Two Superman number one. That, oh, excuse me, Action Comics number one. The episode where he wears jeans as his costume. Yeah, jeans and a t-shirt and work boots. And, yeah, and just kind of like runs runs around. But it's like it's like an interesting take on uh, Metropolis's reception to Superman. And Superman's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, all right, I appreciate that, but I just do not give you know two. I don't. I don't give two flips about Superman running around Metropolis anymore. It's like you can make him bleed, and he bleeds in the story, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's nice and all. But, eh, I've moved on. I'm. I'm more interested in new things, new adventures, new heroes. I'm just. I'm just looking forward to the Justice League movie. I think that'll be sweet. Well, it better be. Or, I mean, they're sticking a lot of money into that. You know. The only thing is, like, the cool thing about Avengers was the origin stories were covered, so they went right into the fighting. 
The right. DC ones, they're going right into Justice League, the movie, instead of the origin movie. So I hope they don't just waste the whole movie. Like, I hope they don't get together for the last 20 minutes and just then start kicking ass, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Green Lantern was paint by the numbers, so uh, why can't Justice League, you know? I just hope that they're already all established and that they, you know, fight each other in the first half hour and then unite for the next uh, hour and a half. Oh, yeah, you know, if, if if they were paying attention during the Avengers movies, they should have, movie, they should have realized, oh, dude, there's a huge pop when Thor and Iron Man and eventually Captain America fight each other. Oh, and and yeah. please do that. Well, they did when they relaunched the Justice League comic last year. They all fought each other. Ah. They all came together under misunderstandings. They all fought each other first, which right. is great. That's what you want. So, Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, when I watched the new Ninja Turtles reboot, which I guess is doing great ratings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the episode started with all the turtles fighting each other, which is awesome. Right. And by the way, I just watched like the third or fourth episode uh, yesterday. It's a great series, man. I'm really oh, yeah? digging it. Like, this is good Ninja Turtles. Well, kick ass. It's not the greatest cartoon of all time, but it's great Ninja Turtles action. If you like the original one, it's better. It's cool. better. I can't, I can't help but say it. it's better. There's actual violence. They actually use their weapons, and they make jokes that are actually funny. I mean, I posted on the one with uh, one on yesterday about Splinter, and he's like, mm-hmm. the first rule of ninjas is do no harm. Unless you mean to do harm, then do lots of harm. What? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yes. What the fuck? Splinter with a sense of humor? That's amazing. And I like that. And, and they do, you know, they actually, like, whoop ass on people. And get beat up a little bit and stuff. They actually use their weapons. Cool. Um, it's funny. They had a nice take on Baxter Stockman yesterday, which I enjoyed. Is he black? He is black, of course, because he was in the last one too. Right. Well, I, and he was, and he was in the comics. Sorry, I just had to ask because oh, okay. I was like, you know, it's like a, it's kind of a new direction, but a reboot at the same time, and mm-hmm. that that's kind of like testing the waters for me. It's like, hmm. Now, I've been, I've enjoyed this one every time. Like I said, it's you know, it's not the greatest cartoon of all time, but it's a great Ninja Turtles cartoon. They do right by him. It's a nice, r- nice reboot. Um, definitely on board. I gave it the uh, season pass on my DVR last night. Cool. So unfortunately, uh, DC Nation, Young Justice, and Green Lantern got. Put on hiatus for the third time by Cartoon Network. I know, man. It's like, what the shit? It's such a great show. I don't know, like, the ratings, but, like, uh, it's just, like, it's one of the most amazing animated shows I've ever seen. The ratings can't be good because they keep yanking it, man. They'll play it for five episodes, then it goes away for three months, and it just comes back, then it goes away. This time it only played three episodes, and now it's gone until, like, January. And it's like, you're not giving it any time to build up, I mean... Clearly, us adults watch it. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. you're not giving those kids. I mean, you know, they don't understand when stuff goes away or when it's coming back. And I don't know. I, I feel no, like dude. it's going to be – it's just going to make it harder for it to get renewed. And, and I think – well, people are saying that's the, that's the idea is that Cartoon Network is intentionally trying to kill off the DC Nation block, including, like, our favorite show, Young Justice. Well, why would you? Isn't Cartoon Network owned by Warner Brothers, which also owns DC? Yeah, but it's like, but you know, maybe you have like a VP who's like, you know, I hate animated shows about DC characters. It's so let's, weird though uh, because the let's change it up because they just launched. Um, uh, I don't know because like the CW just launched Marvel Hour, uh-huh. which is also owned by Warner Brothers, and they have new Iron Man adventures on, and then uh, uh, Justice League Unlimited, which is a fantastic cartoon uh, for their hour block, which is on at the same time. So yeah, maybe maybe Warner Brothers owns both of those channels. I I just think it's a crummy decision. It couldn't have come in like a worse time because we you know just Young Justice just came back mm-hmm. for two episodes three. and now they're three. Oh no, maybe oh, it's two. Me. No, you know it was two because the was... third one I had to go watch online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and now it's like all of a sudden it's like sorry get, sorry dudes our bad. Nope, it's gonna be January and then who knows how many we'll get if even if they screen them you know. Yeah, they've they've yanked it around too much. It sucks. It's got, like I said, the best cartoons are the ones that get canceled early. Um, True. Yeah, you know, I don't know what's I, gonna I, happen. Like the one theory was that they're waiting for that new Batman cartoon to launch it with that, but oh, that's stupid, man. Just too play, many your, play your episodes, dude. Just play them out, and you know, I feel like, like um, in a way, like me going back reading a ten year old comic, <clears throat> it's kind of like you have a huge advantage. 
Uh, besides, like, the pop culture references that are, like, super dated, you have a huge advantage over people that were waiting to get the next installment at the time because you have access to everything. Yeah. Oh, and I had to correct something I said two minutes ago. The CW, I said they're launching Marvel Hour, but, I mean, it's Iron Man is the first half hour and Justice League, which is DC, is the second half hour. So it's not Marvel Hour. It's their superhero hour. Mm. And then they play Dragon Ball Z Kai after that, too. Dragon Ball Z Kai. Fuck yeah. Also, yeah, that's pretty kid, good on that channel. Kids growing up today with their Dragon Ball Z Kai. Oh, what an advantage they have, man. Yeah. Uh, like, like if you were into Dragon Ball Z in the 90s mm-hmm. in America, you had, uh, what was it, like 100, what was it, like 50 to 100 episodes that were dubbed. And that's all you got out of the, like, 300, maybe 400 episode run series. And 70 and, of those episodes were all grunting, panting, or powering yeah. up. <laughs> That's right. You get you get one episode that was like mostly fighting, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest show ever created." Then you have three other show, three other episodes filler where there's like all this filler crap happening, and people are just talking and powering up, yada yada yada. And then you get back to another episode of like awesome whoop assin, mm-hmm. and it got old, dude. It got old so quick. But now Kai is so good because they've just cut out all the crap and yeah. give you exactly what you wanted. It's like. It's true. It's more true to the comics, and it's actually like fun to rewatch. Unlike, uh, God, like I don't. I know so many friends who had collected all those VHS tapes. Oh like, yeah. You can you can make like like a twelve foot mural because they all had like mm-hmm. a, uh, they oh, all yeah. had like a piece of artwork on the side. You could string them together to create like a bigger picture. Yep. Yeah. So many of my friends had those, and like it was just not fun to rewatch. You're like, well, Freeze is gonna talk for half this episode, and Guru's gonna like fart. And uh, ask Nail to go do something, and Nail is just like, yeah, all these people flying around doing nothing. All, now those were all really good the very first time you saw them because it built up the suspense, the power sure. ups, the the panting, and all that stuff. If you've never seen that episode, it does do a good job of building up the suspense so you want to explode. But but then the rewatchability, you're right, is terrible. But for the first time when you watch it, it does keep you on the edge of your seat. You know, and there was also I don't know. If if Kai does this, but like Dragon Ball Z was just infamous for like a super long intro recapping what you'd just been bored with in the previous episode <laughs> and then like teasing more at the end. So they got away with like, like at least like two minutes of nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. The original dub, uh, English dub, was the best. They had the best music and uh, and uh, the the intro was awesome. Everyone likes what they're it. brought up on. Oh What's hey, that? everyone! Oh. Everyone like all right. Can hey, um, I actually saw this on Retroware TV. It's one of the sites that hosts us, and um, I'd like you to weigh in this video game aficionado. Sure. Um, someone uh, posted a story on there yesterday or two days ago, and they were talking about the Nintendo sixty four controller. Okay. And they're and they're and basically the gist of it was like stop hating on the Nintendo 64 controller because it was all good and and you guys all liked it, and then the whole article was explaining why it was such a good controller. And although I never post on things, I actually did post on it, and um, I just said I was like the last sentence I said was I don't hate the Nintendo 64 controller, I just don't like it as much as other controllers. And I and I said you know like all the other controllers are very close, they're very similar. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because I was brought up on the Nintendo controller and the Sega controller. But the Nintendo 64 one, like, I never liked it. It was awkward to hold. You know, certain games you had to hold it one way. Certain games you held it in the middle. Mm-hmm. I did not like where the analog stick was. But I was very happy that they created the analog stick. You know, it was like, good job creating the analog stick. It was like the first control the analog stick. Well, I, te- te- technically the joystick was well, yeah, yeah. The precursor. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so I like I appreciated what it did and stuff, but it'll never be one of my favorite controllers. I always like it wasn't hard to play games with it. It was just slightly uncomfortable. You know, I loved Goldeneye and stuff, but it would have been better with a better controller. So right. that that was that was my opinion. It wasn't exactly the most popular opinion on the on the forum. Uh other people <laughs> had other issues with it and stuff but you know i just really i never really liked the nintendo 64 controller and i said you know maybe it's because i learned on other ones and uh, i was like and if, if nintendo 64 is your first controller you know you like what you know 
And so they would totally disagree with me. But in my opinion, I've never really been a fan. It doesn't mean I can't play games with it. I've just never really been a fan. Yeah, I'll just go to say for the record that the Nintendo 64 controller is one of the worst fucking controllers <laughs> ever made. Yes. It was terrible. And paired paired with these with these spotty uh, controls of a lot of those 3D platformers, because uh-huh. that was new. That was what the N64 brought to the world, bequeathed to us, was a 3D platformer. Uh, you know, paired with that really hard to kind of hold, really way too tall analog stick, uh-huh. it made for a really frustrating experience. And, uh, you know, it, did, it introduced a lot of concepts like, okay, if you've never seen this hunk of crap, it's like the Millennium Falcon of controllers. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know how to hold it. Yeah, it's weird. It's awkward. Yeah, it's like I, w- when I first held it without before somebody showed me, thank goodness, some some kind soul came over and showed me how to properly hold the stupid thing. Uh, you put your hands on either side of it like a regular controller, mm-hmm. right? But the D-pad on the left, which is where your thumb would naturally gravitate towards on one of the, the tridents uh, uh, things, uh, the D-pad doesn't work if you're playing a, an action platformer. You had to, like, I was reaching over the controller with my thumb mm-hmm. to awkwardly use the analog stick. And somebody's like, oh, no, no, hang on, hang on. You take your hand off the side and put it in the middle so it's, like, jammed up against your other hand like a tiny controller, yep. and that's how you properly hold it. And I was like, what the fuck? And actually, Nintendo, just like the just like the Wii controllers, Nintendo actually, um, because people were like, uh, people were bleeding, Eric. People were dying. <laughs> pe- pe- people were playing Mario Party for the first time and drilling, like, blistering, bleeding holes into their hands. Right. Because of, because of the, that analog stick, because uh, everybody knew that you didn't just use your thumb to, uh, to to go in circles for Mario Party because right. half the activities are about like jiggling the analog stick. No, you get carpal tunnel so so fast and your thumb tires out that you place the analog stick in the direct center of your palm and wiggle around your palm. Uh, you know, yeah. And and there were just like holes, like like it was like <laughs> stigmata holes through people's hands. And Nintendo actually would send you for free like some like some kind of like uh, hand guard mm. uh, for their terrible controller. Uh, and just like the, the the Wii, they kept on sending like more bigger and fatter and more reliable wrist straps for the Wii because Americans, for some reason, were just like chucking them all over the place <laughs> and like snapping their their uh, wrist uh, thingies. Well, see, I'm, I'm glad you weighed on this because you know I'm not as big of a video game guy as you are, but I never liked the controller. I I never saw the point of it, like why it had to be so different, other than to be different for different sake. And so I was so happy when they moved on to GameCube, but I wanted to, but I didn't want to be one of those guys that like flames someone column on, uh, you know, online. So I was trying to be diplomatic and stuff, but then other people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I was six years old when I played that and it was, I didn't have a single problem and stuff. And I just wanted to be like, all right, but you know, we all know it wasn't that good of a controller. So I was like, I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, good on that guy having a different take and defending it stuff. You know, at the end of the day, though, it just wasn't that good. And by the way, if you're ever on RetroWare, I occasionally post in their forums. My handle is Thunderdumps. <laughs> so feel free to rip the shit out of me. It's all sure, good. Sure, sure. Well, check this out, Eric. I'm not even done. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even done with my rant, dude. All right. So let me tell you what else sucked ass about it. All right. So the N64 controller was the first controller to introduce the idea that one button could be slightly bigger than others, which they like went to extreme lengths with the weird ass uh, GameCube controller where the A button was way bigger than everything else, Mm -hmm. which works for Nintendo first party uh, games and nothing else. Uh, But uh, but the the C buttons. uh, So there was like your A A button and B button. But then also there were these four C buttons that were just awkward to get to. Mm. You know, you had to... I often, even even when I was playing, like, GoldenEye, which I played a lot, yep. I, had to, I had to kind of, like, take my eyes off the screen a second to kind of figure out where the C buttons were every time. Yep. And the C buttons were so fucking tiny, you could easily confuse one of them for the other. Yep. And the, um, the whole idea of the trigger on the bottom of the controller, also very cool. Uh, you know, it's like an interesting new thing that they brought, you know, that's eventually... That the the PlayStation uh, controllers, you know, eventually ripped off of with the uh, with the shoulder buttons, mm-hmm. you know, which became standard. But the the original kind of trigger on the bottom, the B button, or like the Z button, the tiny ass little buttons. It was just like there were just so many weird choices on this thing, from like giant buttons to tiny buttons. It just felt like 
Uh, it's it's like the D-pad on the GameCube controller. It's meant for tiny hands. Yeah. Right. Like, who is this controller? Or excuse me, and the and the Dreamcast controller too. It a tiny D-pad. Who is this for? And what kind of like misshapen, bizarro world is this? Like weird trident, upside down buttons everywhere. Tiny buttons, big buttons. Controller. Like, what? Why was that a good idea? Yeah, I'm I'm never gonna criticize the Xbox and PlayStation controllers because it's the same damn controller all the time. They found what universally works for most people, and there's just no real reason to change it up drastically. Like, that is just the controller. It works the best. It's easiest. It's got all the buttons you need. You know, that's all you need to do. You don't have to keep coming out with these crazy things to be different, Nintendo. <laughs> no, exactly. And and finally, with the Wii U, Nintendo has acknowledged, finally acknowledged, uh, that that is the design they need to go for. I mean, like, yeah, I, I remember you, Eric, like, in our early days of this podcast, telling me that you just weren't going to play, like, Wii games because you had to use the Wiimote. Oh, I refused the fucking nunchuck thing? Yeah. I mean, god damn, I don't, I want a controller with both hands on one controller. That whole one controller in each hand separately, oh, I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. And like I said, if I was a little kid and that was how I learned it, that's fine. But I wasn't, okay? So I have never played a game where I had to hold them in two separate hands. Never. I I try and I refuse it. It's not fun for me. Right, right. And, you know, Nintendo uh, immediately released the classic controller for the Wii to kind of make up for that. It was like a Super Nintendo controller with analog sticks, which is what everybody fucking wanted. Yeah, stop fucking around, man. (laughs) The Super Nintendo controller is one of the highly... Most highly rated controllers ever. Yeah, I mean it's on it's on people's top ten lists. It's pretty highly rated. It, it, and so, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. So so they brought that back for the Wii, but with added analog sticks. Everybody's like, fine, thank goodness, it's just a regular controller. And now they've kind of uh, continued that tradition, thankfully, with the new controller for the Wii U, which is kind of like it's it's I want to say it's more like um, the Xbox 360 controller than like the old uh, the venerable DualShock. You know, just how it feels and how it operates. Yeah, I feel like um, video game controllers are like referees in Major League Sports. Mm. If you're talking about the referee, they didn't do their job. (laughs) You want a referee to be invisible and not to affect your enjoyment of the game. And as soon as they Mm -hmm. become the story, you know, that's a problem. Same with video game controllers. You don't have to make these flashy, crazy video game controllers. You just want to make something that you can play the game with. And as soon as you start thinking about a video game controller, you, you didn't do your job right. Right. No, ex- uh, exactly. And I feel like so many times as a, as a little kid, I blame the controller, you know, <laughs> you know for, for various reasons. But now that I'm an adult, you know, and I've learned precision with my thumbs and fingers and stuff, like, I feel like I can make, uh, you know, educated choices about, like, what is good. And what is bad in in terms of video game controllers? I am totally open to innovation. You know, yeah. I enjoyed one game on the Kinect that actually works well, even though the lag is fucking terrible. Mm. Uh, you know, and I'm looking forward to Kinect Two. Uh, you know, uh, Electric Boogaloo, yeah. where it actually works like in real time, like PlayStation Move is supposed to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not against innovation. I just like what works and what feels comfortable. Yeah, I mean. Exactly. So, you know, you can't really improve on a meatball sub, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, dude. The pizza, or excuse me, pasta. Yeah. It's just like, you know, don't add shit to pasta. Don't add shit to pizza. Just yeah. like cheese pizza. Boom. It's one of the staples of, uh, you know, of our Western world. Yeah, you want to try a new topping here and there, that's fine. But yeah, don't fucking make it into, uh, you know... It's just something that it that it couldn't that it's not. So uh, yeah, don't change it actually, to like star shaped pizza with no crust on it, and you're like, well, it's still pizza, but it's so hard to eat now. You know exactly. <laughs> and and this is why this is why Eric like so many uh, so many cycles in video games go like this. Uh, there's an innovative game, innovative title that introduces something new. Everybody buys the shit out of it, and then it has a sequel where they're like, get this, guys, even more innovation, even more switching up, and everybody hates it. Even more ticking. Yeah, everybody hates it because it's not the same experience that they loved, mm-hmm. which which I feel is exactly why Resident Evil 4 is a classic and Resident Evil 5 is a piece of shit. Yeah. Because they're like, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, the people that created this game forgot why we liked it in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's like you made one... 
uh, Resident Evil 4 came out, and it was basically the classic Resident Evil game with one distinction, and that is the camera is fixed above uh, the the shoulder of the characters. That it, they turn it into a third-person shooter, but it still had horror elements. And then Resident Evil 5 uh, and, and Resident Evil 6, to a huge degree, has just been like, we're going to give you that, but more. It's a third-person shooter action-adventure where you're never running out of bullets and fuck horror, we're just, like, loading bullets into zombies like it's House of the Dead. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's true. Sometimes people just try too hard. Yeah. No, luckily I don't. I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't try too hard. I know. Well, actually, I was looking at a, Kotaku had a pretty awesome article uh, with a bunch of charts about uh, video game sequels. Like, how many actual Resident Evil titles, Eric, do you mm. do you think that there are in the world? Oh, there are so many spin-offs and like like little code Veronica's and one and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say thirteen. Uh, keep going. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, like I was just well, guessing extra. So we so you know, there's console releases. Yeah. There's iPhone releases. Oh. There's special editions. There's remakes and reboots. So and and like it's been on a many 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 different platforms. Mm. Try try again. Nineteen. Uh, we're talking seventy-five. Oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> seventy-five Resident Evil games out there in the world. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and right right behind it is Street Fighter with seventy-four titles. Well, now that I believe because they had like. 60 of those are just versions of Street Fighter 2. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There was, like, you know, that was the big joke, was that, like, all right, you're going to release a sequel, you better put, like, some hyper-turbo tournament alpha special after it. I mean, you can almost look to them for success, because they're like, we aren't going to fuck with Street Fighter 2. We're just going to put little things on it. We're not going to totally change it up for a different game. <laughs> and I, I feel like, like, and this is the same, this is the same company. Mm-hmm. Wait, fact-checking. In my brain, Capcom, Street Fighter, yeah, sorry. Yeah. This is the same company that released Resident Evil and kind of dicked it up. Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter 4, its success was based on, it was everything people loved about Street Fighter 2, and to a lesser degree, Street Fighter 3, but it just added, like, prettier graphics and animation. Yeah, that works. Yeah, it was like, it was a 2D fighter at heart. You know, they didn't, fu- well, actually, they did fuck it up with Street Fighter EX and EX2 on the, uh, on the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. uh, those were like Street Fighter gone wrong. It was more like it was like it was more like Tekken, and that would like the camera angle was like all over the place, and you and you could tag. It was weird. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so seventy-five. You think that's a high number, Eric? Uh, I'm I'm about to have my mind blown again. I guess <laughs> that's that's correct. Can you guess how many Mega Man titles? And Mega Man has not been around lately. There's a uh, like, uh, yeah, they got rid of him. They got rid of him, and they canceled his new projects. Can you guess how many Mega Man titles there have been in the world? Let's just go with the same number of episodes we have on this show. 114. <laughs> My God, so close. 129. Wow. Yeah, and we're talking like regular Mega Man, uh, Mega Man uh, NT Warrior. Mm. You know, all the spinoff series, like Mega Man Zero, Zero, like uh, ZX... Hmm. All, all the there's like an insane number of DS uh, games out for Mega Man. I just I like that he's short. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, shout out to short people, man. Shout, shout out to people with weird spine issues and they can't uh, bend over; they can only jump. That's right. And stand and take it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I just feel all like right, Mega- I gotta get moving in here a second, but oh. I want to say one oh, last sure. shout out to the fans uh, that oh. like Taken. If anyone wants to make a mashup of Taken and the Smurfs, I would much appreciate watching really? that on YouTube. <laughs> like, you know, because Gargamel's always kidnapping, like, Smurfette or one or two other Smurfs. I would just oh, love yeah. to someone take some footage of Gargamel kidnapping one and, and uh, Papa Smurf getting on the phone with them and then going <laughs> after and trying to rescue them. That would be awesome. Wow. Yeah. Let's do it, YouTube. All right. Cool. Oh, oh, wait. Sorry. Why? One other last thing. Yes. Um... As you know, at New York Comic Con, I walked around with a little handy cam videotaping the experience. Oh, yeah. I have 
cram that all down into one minute. So the Jumpman, do New York Comic Con in one minute. I have a one minute video. You'll see it on our Facebook page and on our jumpmanpodcast.com. And I don't know if you want to send it to anyone else, but New York Comic Con condensed into one minute. So you'll check that out if you want to. It's cool. Awesome. That's that's all the time I want to spend watching any footage from Comic Con. Which is why I did it. I was like, you know, I had tons <laughs> of footage and I was like, nope, I'm cutting this down to one minute. <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. So uh, we're weekly video game slash film podcast uh, slash comics, I guess. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes. You download our entire back catalog. Uh, we're on RetroWareTV.com and also ElderGeek.com. Or check us out. Uh, please post on our Facebook page. We love taking notes. And actually, one of the one of the main things from this episode, the Young Justice DC Nation thing, thank you very much uh, to the maniacs who posted about that. Yeah. Uh, on our Facebook page. And also over at jumpmanpodcast.com where you can buy our book yeah, Fat, Fat Vampire Slayer. Slayer. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Jumpman.